All right, after an underwhelming first outing uh, for Jimmy Lake's Washington Huskies against Oregon State, after week two, I'm starting to think this might be the greatest college football team ever assembled, bar none. We're going to talk about all that and more on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Ineligible receiver, offense number 64. By rule, that penalty is disregarded. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. And I'll tell you what, you know what's the end game for this? Is uh, sooner rather than later, we're going to actually have legal college sports betting. And we're going to take our over-decade-long run of very average picks, certainly losing picks, I would say, Right, because like we always mm-hmm. pad our yeah, records yeah, yeah. Uh, with the yeah. non-conference games that have no line. They will have lines for those yeah. games when we actually try and bet them, and they'll be like, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're, like, way, they're way ahead of us on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 and we're gonna lose those. But I'll tell you what, I can't wait. Like I just can't wait. I mean, uh, technically, I think we can do it now, right? You just have to like go to a casino in Washington State to make that happen. Like it's just not. We can't legally do it on the online gaming apps. Well, here's the deal, because um, we have talked about this, and I don't want you to think that uh, we had a conversation two or three weeks ago, and you were like, if you go to the casino, call me, and let's make some things happen. I called them up and was told over the phone, we're not taking your money right now for sports books. Oh, no. Why? They just don't have it set up? or I guess they don't have their sports books set up at the at the EQC. I don't know. I was shocked. Yeah. Well, it seems so. I mean, I, maybe I just talked to like a, you know, the sort of person who I very much sympathize with. I don't want to sound like I'm insulting them, but like gets a phone call and is like, what's the quickest way out of this phone call? You know? Yeah. 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 How do I end this? No, we don't, we don't do gambling here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I accepted that answer, but, yeah. <laughs> but maybe, maybe it's worth like a, a like a follow-up or something like that. But yeah, okay. I, but I want you to know that I've like, you were like, uh, tell me the next day at lunch, if you're going to that. And I was on the phone confirming the existence of a sports book and trying to nail down the location at about, you know, 9:45 AM the next morning, you know, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I figured just like, it just like, you know, as as is want to happen in life, it just sort of like things happened, and then you woke, like you looked up and it was three o'clock, and you're like, I missed my window, and that's how it go- and that's how it went, you know, like that's that's sort of what I assumed happened. But I'm 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 surprised to hear that it's not a thing because I was told it was a thing. So yeah, I mean it's it's legal. I can't admit, I I don't know why they wouldn't be taking this money, uh, you know, casinos like money. But you know, who, you know, like I said, maybe I got the wrong person on the horn. But I'll tell you what. Uh, in terms of like things happening to mess up my schedule, that could, you know, that, you know, for like a client meeting or like I needed to have a brief filed by a certain day. Yeah. Things come up. If I need to make a bet on college sports or if there's like a fantasy football draft or something, I'm going to be on time for that. Yeah. Those other things are going to have to wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that That's where my priorities are. Uh, so let's go to last week's game. Can you, can you tell me the order? Because I'm using a different site now, so I don't know. So what was the first one we're going to talk about? 
Uh, well, let's just, I mean, let's just talk about him in the order that I find least interesting. So we'll start with the least interesting and kind of proceed from there. So let's start with Oregon State Cal. Still fairly interesting, right? Because you have the Beavers who were game against Washington State, game against Washington, you know, like they, they were involved in both of those games. Uh, yeah. Probably the Cougs had the better effort against them uh, compared to the two teams. But, uh, you know, but also had their weaknesses. You know what I mean? Like they're like a, a flawed proposition going against the Cal team that I swear I'm going to I'm going to say this believing it's true. I'm not 100 percent sure it's true that I believe was like had like a vote to win the North this year in the Pac-12 uh, and was like picked ahead of Washington in the preseason schedule. Uh, Definitely was picked ahead of Washington. Yeah, they were picked to finish second. Yeah. So uh, they actually the Beavs end up shocking Cal and it's like kind of the, a similar problem that Cal has frequently had where it's they they've got a ceiling on how many points they can score for whatever reason they can't get an offense put together down there yeah I think it's it's interesting because it, we both feel I think maybe that that Garbers is like a decent quarterback but they can't score any points he's good enough you know? is he is he well, he's not. I mean, like, look, he's not the record, like they can't yeah, score. Like, I mean, a, a good way to judge a quarterback is by whether or not the offense that he leads is scoring. Right. Like, yeah. I just can't, you that. know, I mean, like when we, when I think about Cal, like obviously every year is not going to be the year where you have Deshaun Jackson and like Marshawn Lynch. I don't even know if they were in school at the same time, but you know what I mean? Like, like that level yeah. of guy. But they've certainly had skill position players over the years, you know, even like, a, you know, Patrick Keenan Allen, right? Yeah. Keenan Allen, Patrick Laird. Uh, there's there's some other monsters that aren't just jumping to the front of my mind right now, but they're capable of recruiting skill position players to that school. And for good reason. Right. They're in California. They're an absolutely premier public institution uh, uh, to the extent recruits care about that. Um, you know, some do, some don't. Uh, but you know, they play in a major conference and they're, they're in a great location. Why on earth wouldn't they, you know, be picking up guys that, you know, like mountain West schools couldn't sniff at, you know, like that. Uh, it seems like, you know, going to Berkeley is an attractive proposition. A junior, a junior college transfer, like Aaron Rodgers, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That'd be a, that'd be a good, that'd be a good get. If you could, if you could figure out a way to replicate that. Javi best was the other name I was trying to think of that just came to me. Remember him? That guy was a good player. Yeah. He was a, he was a great little running back they had. I remember him. I mean, no, they've got, they, I mean, they routinely have good running backs and really quality wide receivers. You know, I mean, Tony Gonzalez went there, right? Back in the yeah. day. You were talking tight ends. I mean, um, I think the issue with them right now is that they're a they're a hot mess, right? Like, I mean, yes. You, so first, you got the academic standards, which you briefly touched on, which yeah. I think does limit their recruiting pool somewhat. Yes. Um, and so they do have to be a little bit more selective in who they target. Um, then Stupid. you've got self defeating. Yeah, we just let anybody and like, yeah, who cares? Um, yeah, because what here's the then, deal: the people that you want in that might not have the academic standards are better at football than, you know, you know, most of your, like, like all, but like a very select handful of your computer programmers are at computer programming. You know what I mean? It's and, just like, and like if, yeah. 
Like, yeah. if you wanted to fall down a rabbit hole where we could spend the next two hours talking about this, if the point is to bring in the best and brightest at the given, like, at the the skill set which they choose to pursue, um, you know, then you can make the argument that, like, an Aaron Rodgers, you know, a Javi Best, a Marshawn Lynch, certainly are upholding their end of the bargain, uh, regardless of what their, you know, ability to, you know, do calculus is. Um, you know, they're, they're, they definitely have picked out a you know a a skill set where they have excelled so you could you could make that argument i would say and be fairly compelling but i don't think it's going to change how higher education views uh, football players coming in so um so you've got that aspect of it then you've got the tedford thing right where it's like he's kind of like the, the last coach that had it going at cal yeah um for an extended period of time they let him go um they you know, they never they haven't since that point in time, which is like a minute ago now, right? Like I mean, I think yeah. we're we're five, six, six, seven years removed from Ted Bird at Cal. Um, um yeah, you know, at I mean, least. It, it, it's like a while. Um and and so there's always that like it, it's always the breakup is rough. Like Washington Sina had a similar situation with Romar, although I don't believe that Cal, you know, Cal's football team ever ever got, you know, as maybe never slid quite as far as UW's hoops did under Romar. But um, so, you, you you know, they're trying to replicate like the coach that had the most success in terms of recruiting and then putting it together on the field. Uh, their finances are an absolute disaster, which is kind of hilarious given their, as you mentioned, their academic acumen and their standing. They, they certainly have not gotten the economics of how to run that institution down correctly because yeah. they're drowning in debt. Well, um, can you blame them? There's no kind of economy down there. Yeah, so what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> they think um, some of their graduates are gone. I mean, these people go, you know, they get their Berkeley degree and go to the mines. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so it's just a, that just has led to a combination of, like, falling behind in facilities. You know, there's they haven't had great continuity in the coaching. They it just, you know, again, their, their recruiting pool is smaller to begin with. It just, for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem to be clicking. And Wilcox does seem to be a good head coach. I mean, I'm for his first go around. I'm relatively impressed with what he's doing, but um, yeah, just like they just don't have whatever it is that you need to have right now. Like I you just, I don't see them in the next two or three years like taking that next step. I don't know if you feel differently, but no, I feel the same way. I mean, I think I've you know uh, familiar with what Wilcox brings to the table in that uh, I've I've always you know I came to the conclusion that what he's good at is if the opposing team is running a conventional offense. He's fantastic at stopping that. He was never great at figuring out uh, a way to stop like an air raid or a spread or anything like that. Um, so, which is unfortunate because uh, plenty of teams run that and run that well nowadays. Uh, so, to me, he was like, uh, he was kind of sarkish, except for the defensive side of the ball, in that, like, if he was able to do his, you know, his kind of uh, niche thing, he was fantastic at it. Uh, but he could get thrown outside of his comfort area and uh, really flail a little bit. And so, and then obviously um, the Bo Baldwin experiment shockingly didn't work uh, because you and I are huge fans of what he did at Eastern uh, in terms of getting their offense turned around. And then it's like, now you say like, how do you know, you know, like how do you have any confidence that uh, like, what what's he going to put on the field that's great? You know, I mean, they had a, a yeah. really good. They, they had a, they did have a very good defense last year. Uh, great, you know, 
uh, upperclassmen laid in secondary and uh, linebacking core. A lot of those guys uh, graduated or went to the NFL uh, this past year. And, uh, you know, you have, you have to believe they'll be able to rebuild that to some extent. But, I mean, you, you couldn't have had a worse start to the year. I cannot believe that, they, you know, like for a team that, like, people were legitimately thinking was going to challenge for the Pac-12 this year, come out of the gates 0-2 against not outrageous opposition. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, in, you know, these last 10 minutes of us talking about Cal. Least interesting game. I happen to be interested in it. Least interesting (laughs) game. And also to bring the point home that Oregon State won a game. Um, Good for them, you know. So I I agree with you. It's a pretty big dud. I I default back to what I said earlier, which is I think Cal just like their mojo got got taken out from them when they their first game with the with you know when UW was supposed to come down got canceled they realized how draconian the city of Berkeley was on on the the covid restrictions and i think it just sort of it just took the wind out of their sails so there may be an element to that and good for Oregon state for winning and how else do we segue we talked about how Wilcox wasn't great about um defending the air raid or a more you know uh, a niche offense or a, a you know so let's talk about one of those offenses because, or I guess two of them really, because Oregon and UCLA played, and you got the Chip Kelly, who is the the inventor, I would say, of the the crazy Pac-12 offense, uh, the original crazy Pac-12 offense guy, uh, and his former school Oregon, locked up in a what actually was a really a really interesting game, um, based on how it played out, but going into it with Oregon favored by almost two touchdowns and UCLA not bringing in their starting quarterback kind of looked like it might be a dud, but came, came through with a nice little game there. What do you think? Uh, it was fantastic. I mean, the, the game turns at the end of the first half where UCLA has a chance to go into the locker room, uh, up three or four, they elect to, uh, throw a hail Mary attempt to hail Mary, not really close to midfield even, you know what I mean? They're like trying to chuck one from like their own 30 yard line. Uh, and it ends up getting returned for a pick six as time expires. Uh, so instead of going into halftime with a lead, they go into the halftime um, with a three or four point deficit. And then, oops, they lose the game by a field goal. So can you, can you can you, did you see this play? Did you have you seen this play? Yeah, I have. OK, so you're so you're familiar with with how this went down, because I mean, they were. They were close-ish to the midfield point. I think their I think their quarterback was re- releasing the ball like the forty-five, like his own forty-five, right? Okay. Um, his hand got his arm got hit going forward, right? Okay. Um, which is why the the hail mary aspect of this did not work. Yeah. And so the ball kind of fluttered and went maybe twenty-five yards in the air, and then kind of you know fell into the waiting arms of Oregon's linebackers. Can you, can you explain to me why there was a linebacker right there? Uh, I, I mean, is it just preventy? Is like that the idea we're going to run in like three tiers and make them throw the ball in front of us and we'll all just convene and tackle. I, I'm just confused by it because I mean, he's on the 45. I get why there's four or five linemen pursuing the quarterback because you know they're trying to get to him and but then like in that play there's only one outcome really which i got well i guess that's not true since we just saw this but it's like he's gonna throw the ball as far as he can 
Yeah. And so it was very surprising to me when the ball like fluttered up in the air, I kind of figured it would just fall to the ground. Oh, I see because what you're saying. Yeah. I, I kind of assumed that like all the rest of the defenders who weren't actively pursuing the quarterback would kind of be down around the goal line. Um, even if like for whatever reason UCLA chose to dump the ball off or like that was like a trick aspect to the Hail Mary, I still don't see what the problem would be with like, you know, like if you have six or seven guys back, like, well, they just converge. Right. But sure enough, like two Oregon linebackers were pretty much right there waiting for it to come down. Like they were on opposite sides of the field. And so it came down to one and not the other, but it's like Oregon was like ready for that. And like, absolutely took that back. Like with very minimal effort. Once, once the play unfolded, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are, but it was just a very confusing play to me to watch. Yeah, I mean, I I can't tell you, but other than to say, apparently it was a correct decision. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that, there's that, work. But <laughs> yeah. I just like, I'm like, otherwise, like, yeah, those two guys. If you think about it, right, like, so they fall back into coverage. They're not pursuing the quarterback, so they're not in any way trying to impact him throwing the ball. Somebody else did that, and then ultimately they're just kind of watching the ball, like in a normal play, they're just kind of watching it fly over their head, right, like as it heads to the end zone. 25 30 yards away from where they are and they're kind of just like hoping that their buddies knock it down i guess Gotta i guess that's, i mean that i guess i guess but i mean you're right it was a big play it really mattered in the overall scheme of things yeah uh but yeah i mean so you know i think the uh obvious result of this is that uh pump the brakes on the idea of oregon being a uh college football playoff contender uh you know a uh, while wow, conceding that uh, Tyler Shuck uh, played uh, well in the game, you know what I mean? He he was explosive in the passing game with uh, 11 yards in attempt, 300 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Um, this, that to me, I thought was going to be their weakness, bringing in a new quarterback. But uh, a UCLA team that, uh, that, you know, as far as we know, especially with their backup quarterback, is a team that good teams should be comfortably handling. And so, to me, this uh, you you question exactly how good is Oregon. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Oregon's played three games. They've had two of those games against backup quarterbacks. Stanford's uh, quarterback uh, had the false positive on the COVID test, so he didn't get to play. Uh, I don't even know what happened to UCLA starting quarterback. Why he didn't get to play? I don't. I don't think it was COVID related. Uh, why DTR didn't get to play? But uh, and then their their other game was against Washington State, who's starting a true freshman. Um, I mean, to their credit, they did handle Washington State, and and their and Washington State's quarterback has looked decent, but it's difficult to tell whether Oregon is, you know, good but not great, or whether they actually have a chance at being a, a you know one of the elites this year. Uh, their competition just hasn't been good enough. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, uh, so next up we have USC went to Salt Lake City. Uh, Utah is allowed to play college football, and. Um, this, I don't know. I mean, this was like a, a pretty, uh, not spectacular game. I would say. I should have, yeah, I should have, I should have talked about this game second. The Oregon game was more interesting than this for sure. Um, I, I think Utah. Three field goals last, in the second half. Yeah. I mean, it had to be the last division one team to start playing, right? Like yeah. that's it. Like Utah yeah. was it. They were the last holdout. So it, it's their first game. They've got a new quarterback who's now injured. 
Um, USC playing their third game. That's, I mean, that's just a mismatch. It's always going to be a mismatch from a talent perspective. I, you know, interestingly, it's also a, I would say equally a mismatch from a coaching perspective, but in the opposite way. Um, and then I think just the fact that USC is playing its third game and Utah's coming out of the gates, it's just not fair really that, that, that had to be the case. So not surprising to see, you know, USC sort of handle Utah in this, in this game. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, uh, it was a trademark Clay Helton performance and that it was, uh, even with all the advantages you think USC ought to have in this game, it was really underwhelming. That's just who he is, man. He's just like, that's, that's Clay Helton in a nutshell. He just, he does just enough to not get fired. Long may his reign continue, dude. Love that guy. Love that guy. For sure. Uh, and that brings us to your Washington Huskies, uh, played Arizona, uh, for me, uh, I was really upset, uh, after the Oregon state game, uh, understanding the, uh, limitations that maybe the weather and, uh, the ability of our receivers, uh, to catch the ball put on our offense. Uh, I was still, you know, pretty upset when that game ended, even though Washington beat Oregon state, they come out against Arizona, uh, and for the first three quarters of this game, which were the competitive portion of this game, uh, where both teams were trying their best. Uh, Washington looked as good as they've looked uh, as they ever looked under Peterson for three quarters in this game. Yeah, I took the took the regulator off Dylan Morris there, let him throw the ball around a little bit. I, I mean, for for me, it was just all about his third down conversions. He had multiple third and long conversions where he just hit absolute strike. The obvious, the best one obviously was on third and ten where he hit Puka Nakua across the seam there and and he took it 69 yards for a touchdown um but he also had a third and 12 where he hit i think kate otten i mean and, and like i mean he he completed about 15 passes to kate otten so that's not surprising um that he was the recipient of one of those but uh morris just looked like a t- completely different player in the first game i don't know why coaches do this it reminds me of, of jake browning his freshman year where they just would not let him play. Um, but, you know, and, and that was sort of the, the feeling you got watching the first game against Oregon State. But, man, they, they let him wing it a little bit, and he did not disappoint. Yeah, he was fantastic. And, and I will say uh, I have been uh, uh, talking bad about Washington's receivers. That Puka Nakua touchdown, that ball was a little bit behind him, and he did a really nice job uh, – to kind of catch it behind him while turning and still maintain his speed and then just gallop untouched through Arizona's non-existent defense. Uh, the offense for three quarters when the starters were playing was like an absolute hot knife through butter. I mean, it was perfect, just perfect. There, and, and the defense shuts yeah. them out until the backups get in. Yeah, I, I there will never, like, I think you and I both in our lives have watched enough football to know exactly when a team can beat another team by as many points as they want. Yeah. And the, the point in time where I remember that being most clear in my mind was in the Seahawks Broncos Super Bowl, actually, where pretty much like after the first quarter, I, I mean, I turned to my wife and I was just like, this is not a fair fight. You know, yep. like this Seahawks are going to win this game. and They're going to win it by a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and that was, and I think that's what made this game so enjoyable for, for me and, I would I would imagine some some element of that at least mentally for you is realizing, you know, about halfway through the first half, like maybe that's the first quarter. You know, we're just like, wait a minute, 
Like these guys, you know, Arizona's got no shot here. Like they have yeah. no idea what they're doing on offense. Our defense is all over them. And on offense, like they, you know, they can't get stops. They can't get off the field. If UW wanted to win that game by 75 points, like they could have. They absolutely could have. Uh, um, on the defensive side of the ball for two games running, ZTF, uh, the edge guy who basically is pressed into playing because Joe Tryon, uh, Anzariki, and are you know Latu. left for the NFL. Latu is hurt, I guess, or yep. something. Latu's hurt. Uh, it turns then, out turns out he's good, man. The ZTF guy's got a thing going here. Oh, he's a he's a game wrecker. I mean, two of these games. Uh, you know, I mean, against the Beavs, he has two sacks and two forced fumbles. And then he, he comes around and he's just uh, wrecking the game uh, for Arizona. I mean, uh, Arizona's quarterback, uh, whose name I'm going to look up now, Grant something or other, Grant Gunnell. Uh, Gunnell. I mean, this that, some of the worst body language you're ever going to see. Yes. yes. Uh, from a guy in the third quarter. And you you almost can't blame him because, you know, he'd get up there under center and where the untrained eye will see that he has, you know, 1,500 pounds of guys protecting him. He knows, and Washington's defense knows, those people don't appear to actually exist. They're like holograms because yeah, they just yeah. disintegrate when the ball snaps. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable push uh, from the front four. Uh and yeah, I mean, just uh, the the, def- the defense was absolutely dominant. I mean, it, b- both sides of the ball, it was great. I've, I think I uh, texted you uh, after the game, and I said this this gets my highest possible rating for a Washington game, which that I found it to be entirely acceptable. Yeah, totally acceptable, man. That's all. It, that's all I want. <laughs> at the end of the day, football is a really simple sport, and mm-hmm. if you can rush four guys and get pressure, you're never going to lose. Like you're never going to yeah. lose. It's just like. And there's like four teams in college football that can do it, right? Yeah. Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and then, you know, like a rotating, you know, whoever the fourth one is in any given year. It can be Auburn some years. It can be, you know, USC when they got their shit together. Uh, you know, like there's there's a number of, co- of teams that can like figure that out. But like if you are able to do that, it means that you are asking the other team's offense, specifically their quarterback, to try and figure out how to put drives together where he's got three or four receivers, you know, three or four options and you've got seven defenders. Yep. You know, like as it turns out, that's super hard. Um, And so I don't think Washington's defense maybe necessarily could get that pressure against one of an, an elite offensive line, but Arizona does not, as you pointed out, having to lead offensive line and may not actually have one at all. As you, you know, like they may be figments of the, uh, <laughs> you know, of Kevin someone's imagination because they didn't appear to do much to help their, their QB out. But uh, when you can just, when you can bring four and, and ZTF can consistently uh, get home, it's, it, it's an easy game. Very easy game. I, I was just, I, I couldn't have been happier. And I was laughing at myself. I think, on a Monday at work, I was walking around uh, uh, juxtaposing how I felt against after the Oregon State game. And then literally my head thinking, like, fuck it, bring on Bama right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want him. Yeah. 
We got we Arizona. Beat, we beat everybody. Yeah. We make the playoffs in the AFC. God damn it. Arizona's <laughs> riding a nine game losing streak, but that does not matter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. <laughs> I know that. All right. How, how'd we do on the old picks last week? Well, I'll tell you what, we did better. You and I specifically did better. I went four and oh. You went three and one. We take it. Worm and Tubby both went two and two, which means we picked up a little on them so season wise tubby's way out ahead at nine and three worm and i are tied at seven and five and you are just behind us at six and six. Oh, that was such a shrewd pick of ucla you made <clears throat> i i just my hatred for the ducks is just it wins sometimes i i, I, I rarely going, but yeah i end up going the other way against them because i was like i don't want to like admit that I hate them, you know, when I'm making my picks. And so I like overrate them and I feel like I lose picking Oregon more than I ought to. But also I thought, no, I mean, no, in no way though, did I think that UCLA was going to get within two scores of them uh, to be fair. When UCLA, like when I got up Saturday morning and saw the UCLA starting quarterback was out, I was like, what, what? And then sure enough, it's a game. Like not only a game, but a game UCLA should have won probably. (laughs) Yep. All right, so we have uh, upcoming week's games. Uh, the, I'll just do the two that were canceled, games that we thought we were going to see, but then uh, some people online found some old posts that they made that you know maybe are questionable in regards to gender or race or something like that, and those games were canceled. And those are Washington and Washington State and Utah and Arizona State. COVID for the Cougs, COVID for Herm and the Sun Devils. They're gone. Two teams remain from that. Washington and Utah will play. So really ominous. Yeah, really ominous post from Herm this week, where he was like talking about how he's like hoping to get back out there, and how he's like feeling a lot better. And like I don't know, like I just I read that post that Herm put out there. I was like, man, Herm's been going through some stuff these last like week, you know, and it's COVID. It didn't. It doesn't sound to me like COVID was like a asymptomatic scenario for for Herm. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the, the tricky thing about it. You never know how it's going to affect you. Yeah. So, but, so he's out for the third week in a row. His team is not in there. But I think, I think it's just the Sun Devils and the Cougs right now that aren't playing right with like an outside chance that USC has got like one active case, maybe two, but then some quarantining issues. But they feel like they, but maybe not. But so like, there's a chance USC Colorado gets canceled, but right now it's on. All right, we'll take it. Uh, so let's start it off at uh, 1.30 on Friday. I don't know the big game. Are we talking the big yeah, game? Yeah, we here? take it. We take it. That's Friday football. Thank goodness. All right, uh, yeah. we got a big game. Love it. We got Stanford and Cal. Both of these teams coming in at 0 and 2. Both of them not looking great. Your yeah. California yeah. Bears are probably need an asterisk. Yeah, big game, asterisk. Yeah. Not a game, not a big game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Relatively small stakes game here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the fine print on this year's big game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, Bears appear to be favored by a point and a half. What yeah, I mean, I yeah, we haven't I, seen anything I, from either of these teams that suggests. They're like, you know, this seems about right line-wise. This is like, and ultimately, if ever I were to get to sit down or go to lunch with, you know, a guy in Vegas who sets these lines, this is the game that I want to talk to him about. It's not like the the Iron Bowl. Like, I don't want to talk to him about, like, how do you come up with the Bama-Auburn? Like, everybody watches those teams. Everybody knows everything about those teams, particularly if it's your job to do so. Yeah. I would be like, 
how the hell do you set this line? I love it. I love that stuff. I, I would, I would love to get a guy. I would love to talk to a guy and be like, how do you, you know, Swiak yeah, football, shop, right? Like, like yeah. How do Cal we Stanford? What do we know about, you know, we got, we got Cal Poly and, uh, you know, uh, What's some other school? Bethune Cookman. Sacramento State. Yeah. yeah, matching up. Yeah, talk to me. What What are we looking at? Like, yeah, yeah. no. This is this is one of those games where I'd love to know. Like, okay, you decided Cal on neutral field is a point and a half better than Stanford somehow. Like, yeah, sure. You know, like, okay, why not? So you get those point and a half. Are you taking that point and a half for Cal, or you you think Stanford's gonna gonna rise up and you know? Rivalry game and whatnot. I think it's a great line because, I mean, if it were even, I'd probably take Cal, but I also really can't pick between the teams too much. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think I just have to take the points because I don't like either of them. So I'll take Stanford. Okay. I'm going to take Cal. I don't know why. I think because I don't think one and a half points really is, is like, is points. Like, I just don't, it's like. I'm clipping that. I'm times... clipping that after the one point win this week. Yeah, I, I would love that. Yeah, put that. I want that to lead the show next week when we, yeah. when it's like twenty five twenty four Stanford, you know, or, yeah. or like Cal twenty five twenty four Cal. Yep. <laughs> be like, well, and then I'd be like, well, well, I was right that Cal won the game, but you know, there's that missed extra point. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. And I'll um, be like, I knew, dude. Cal was never going to cover that number. Jet Toner was going to come through. Yeah. And that brought him under the number. Yeah. I, I agree. It's, uh, it, I don't know. I just like one and a half to me. Although this also games, you'll watch the outcome and you'll be like, how did they know? How did Vegas know? Which is why I want to go out to, to lunch with one of these guys who sets these lines and be like, come on. Yeah. How did you know that yeah, on Wednesday? Me, and let me do that for work, by the way. Teach me your ways. Yeah, it sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah for sure. Fun. Um, next up, we have Oregon and Oregon State. A little Civil War. Or I guess it's not called that anymore. Yeah. That I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I guess. But I mean, did I it guess. did anybody look at this and be like, this is a I, I why that the name I'm Why trying, can't we call it the Civil War? Yeah, like, I'm what, trying like, to speak is, softly about that because I don't want to get canceled myself. Uh but like what was anybody watching this game and being like uh, for the glory of the Confederacy, it's I don't just think like so, because it's, it's just like two people. Oregon who... wasn't a state when that happened. Yeah, it didn't exist as a. It wasn't part of either the Union or the Confederacy, and I think we we all sort of know where which side it would have come down on if it was um, forced to choose. And like, uh, who during was that time. even anybody really campaigning to get that name changed? Do you know what I mean? I mean, like, or, yeah. or was it just something where people are like, eh, in this current climate, we got to, we got to, we got to rebrand or something like that. You know yeah. what I mean? I was like, and if somebody, what I'm interested about is if somebody was like, you know, in the, in the height of the protests this summer, spring and summer, we're like, we got to get this name changed. Now that it has been changed, like what degree of satisfaction do they feel now? You know what I mean? Because yeah. like. What, 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 what did we fix here? Now I got to come yeah. up with, now I got to come up with some dumb, this seems to me to be a, 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 
kind of burning some unnecessary calories is what I would say, calling this, you know, changing the name of this game. I, I didn't find it particularly offensive. I don't know how anybody could. Uh, that's what I think about it. So we're going to call it the Civil War. That's we're right. Yeah. Yeah. I heard it. I hate, dude. 14 points. <laughs> substantially better program. Um, they are also, I guess, uh, I guess it doesn't really. They're they're south of of Corvallis, so it doesn't really make sense there. But um, what are we going to say here? What are we going to say about this game? Fourteen points. Oregon State's look like crap. Oregon, we don't know because they haven't really played a team at full strength yet, except the Cougs, who have a true freshman quarterback. Fourteen points is a lot for a rivalry game. What say you? I don't know. I mean, I kind of look at Oregon and Oregon State through the lens of Washington and Washington State, which is that uh, uh, Washington uh, always gives WSU their best. Uh, and I, I think uh, it's similar. This has been an equally one-sided rivalry over recent years, uh, with, the, with the exception, I think, of maybe that last Helfrich year that Oregon State might have won that game. Um, yeah. but, but I don't know, man. I'm like, I've... Uh, I've, I've you know, Oregon has shown us that they're dangerous when you're picking them to cover big numbers, but I've, I've have to take them again. I, I, it's, it's for me. And for me, it comes down to, I'm, I'm pretty confident that this Gebbia guy for Oregon state at quarterback is bad. Uh, Shuck, I think is, you know, fine. Uh, and I, and I think Oregon's going to give, you know, a, a, a solid effort and then the talent's just going to dictate the result. And so I, I, I have Oregon covered in the 14. I agree with you. I, I Oregon's this vastly superior team here. Um, and Oregon State was supposed to have it this year and, like, had some mojo, right? Like, they, Nick Daschle, I think, picked him to win the North. And, like, the only other time he had picked him to win was the Fiesta Bowl year, and they did. And, you know, like, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, they had this, this confluence. And I think – I certainly bought into it thinking like Jonathan Smith had something going and it turns out they've got nothing going and are terrible. Um, and, and so at this point they're playing for nothing. The season is over for them. Oregon, the first rankings just came out somehow they're ranked 15th. I don't know how, but they are. Um, so they've got a, a huge hill to climb in terms of any hope of ever getting into like the playoff discussion and all that, but at least they've got like, at least it's out there for them. And so I think, they got to make a statement. They're going to win this game by a lot. Yeah, that's my feeling as well. Uh, I'd love to be wrong. Yeah, I love it. All right. Uh, so yeah, those are both Friday games, man. So that those I think that was supposed to be a Pac-12 triple header because the Apple was. was supposed to be on Friday. With which I really like. I feel like uh, if you're around the country, uh you know, uh, Washington and Washington state has been, uh, consistently like a Friday game on Fox national TV the day after Thanksgiving for enough years that you'd be like, you know, it's one of the PAC 12 games, maybe, you know, so-and-so and, you know, Arkansas watches a year. Cause it's like, you know, one of the only games on, you know, it's a rivalry game. It snows sometimes, you know, you know, the teams don't like each other. And then you watch for a couple it's... quarters and then you'd be like, ah, cool, you suck. And it's got a super benign name that's not going to offend everybody. Good for, good for the Washington State Cougars and, and University of Washington Huskies for naming their rivalry in a in a manner that will endure for all of time. Because I can't. Oh, dude, I, I would never. Oh my God, 
you got to hedge on that sort of thing. You never know. No, dude, there's never going to get, it's never, apples are never going to be controversial. They're just delicious. They're just delicious. I love apples. My kid loves apples. We, we eat an apple a day. That's not true. I, I eat three quarters of an apple a day. I give her one of the fourths that I cut. She carries it around for a while and then she gives it to the dog, but yeah. she believes that she likes it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And we'll, and we'll argue with anybody that, that says it otherwise. It's just not a controversial fruit and the name is good apple cup will be forever <laughs> on those transactions like you're having with your daughter there i feel like i do a lot of those with my daughter where it's like the it, uh securing the thing isn't so much the deal as that like it's a little thing that if she knows she asked me to do i'll do it uh and then she, you know yeah. she's exercising a little control and a little agency and it's something easy i can do to satisfy her uh everybody's yep. happy about it who cares if anybody eats it I quarter the apple, whatever the biggest piece is, she's going to want that one. Yep. She's very particular on that point. She's certainly not going to eat more than about 20% of it before ultimately the corgi gets it. Um, and it turns out the corgi likes apples, you know, like he, he, he'll eat them. So there you go. It, as far as I can tell, everybody wins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what, what we just spend five minutes talking about a game that's not going to get played? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, I love I, it. <laughs> I think on our way to talking about USC Colorado. Yeah, so, perfect. <laughs> natural. Very natural. Yeah. Uh yeah. oh yeah, I was talking about Friday football, that's why. Uh my bad. Uh yeah, yeah so, it's all good. You you've gone and you've gone first first couple times, so I'll, I'll let's let me lead in here and say that Colorado is uh, at the Coliseum. They're 12 and a half point favorites and uh underdogs, excuse me, to USC and uh you cannot allow Clay Helton to be a double digit uh Favorite. That's just not fair to anybody. More, you know, much less Clay Helton. He's not that good. Give me the buffs. Absolutely, take the buffs in this game. This is a USC team that needed uh, late heroics to beat an Arizona team that we saw last week only technically exists. And Colorado has looked fine this year. They've looked like a solid operation. And so I get two scores uh, with that. So, I mean, obviously USC is going to win like 48-3, but like it, it, it makes yeah. no sense to me why you would be on the USC side of this bet. I can't, I can't understand it. So give me the buffs. That leaves us with two games left to pick. One is town from the Coliseum and the hallowed Rose Bowl. UCLA will be taking on this Arizona team that we just saw is terrible. UCLA minus nine. I have no idea whether or not UCLA starting quarterback is back. I don't know that it matters. UCLA showed that they were game against Oregon. Arizona is terrible. And as you pointed out, their quarterback, he was just livid in that second half of that game. He could not have been more uh, downtrodden with his body language. So minus nine or not, and starting yeah, quarterback or yeah. not, I'm, I'm and, uh, taking this UCLA yeah. Bruins. Yeah, I'm taking UCLA also. His body language was like, which which was it was correct uh, in terms of like his his entire vibe was like, this is horseshit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Which he was right. It was horseshit. He wasn't being given a chance to do anything. But also yeah. part part of being a, a quarterback, a leader of men, is you got to pretend like things aren't horseshit when they're not horseshit. Like no. you just gotta, you gotta, you know, you just gotta put your hard hat on, take your beating, uh, maybe lay into people in the locker room, you know, behind closed yeah. doors, but you can't, you can't, uh, if you're outside of the family, you can't be showing those feelings. 
Or on the sidelines. Brady gets into people on the sidelines pretty good, and he's sort of the gold standard for quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, like, you can do it on the sidelines too a little bit, but, like, you can't have the whole, like, hands up in the air, shrugging, uh, shoulders sagging situation that we saw yeah i mean it was only uh you know i mean when i see my uh son starting to act like that i'm like oh we gotta we gotta monitor this this has this has a possibility unraveling pretty quickly (laughs) yeah and i mean you know you're correct right like he's if you're a quarterback and you're measuring the amount of time you have to execute a play by how many steps does this Mm -hmm. defensive end have to take to get to me because the left tackle is only going to marginally impede that, you know? Yeah. So if like in a straight line with nobody, it's three steps in one second or one and a half seconds. And in this circumstance, he's probably going to have to go around the guy. So it's five steps and one and a half to, you know, one and three quarter seconds. And then I have to have the ball out. Like I can imagine that gets pretty old pretty quick. Oh yeah. Um, and so I get it why he's upset, but yeah, he just, and he's also got like a kind of a scrunched up face to begin with, that Gunnell guy. Yeah. So he just kind of looks pouty to start with. And so when you like layer those two things together, it mm. just it just didn't go good. Mm-mm-mm. You hate to see it. Uh, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, nine points is a lot for USC to be laying here. Uh, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, you know, uh, but yeah, you see, Arizona looked so god awful. Like, and I don't know. I think uh, in the post-game comments, Kevin, you know, they were like, hey, what do you take away from your guys scoring three touchdowns in the fourth quarter? And I think Sumlin, to his credit, was like, well, you know, the backups were in. What do you expect? And then, you know, Gunnell was like, well, it's something to build on. You know what I mean? Like, he was, like, a little bit more upbeat about it. And so, uh, yeah, I've, I've, they would look so bad. That That's a team. That's, that's uh, yeah. a potential Eric – close up the COVID shop team for the year. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on that. I think that's going to happen here in, you know, next week or oh, a few days at the, uh, at the Rose bowl. All right. Oh, here's, here's something I wanted to talk about with this. Uh, here's, I like to make a tenuous premier league analogy. West Ham, right. Plays in the Olympic stadium that they built for the London Olympics. The building's too mm-hmm. big for them. They can't fill it. It's a dog shit atmosphere. Every time. Same deal with UCLA and the Rose bowl. They, I feel like both of these teams would be better served to build a different stadium with half capacity and save the Rose Bowl for special occasions, save the Olympic Stadium for like special occasions. Well, a hundred times over because the because the Rose Bowl is like two hours away by car from UCLA's campus. I think technically it's thirty minutes, but to, like anybody who's actually tried to drive it will tell you it's it's closer to two hours. Yeah. Um, you know, I I went to the Rose Bowl two years ago when UW was, or a year and a half ago, or whatever, when UW was there, um, and so it was two years ago. Um, it and we stayed in downtown LA, not that far from you know UCLA's campus, like, and it it's a complete cluster to get out there. Like, it's just not, I don't know. It, part of the allure of college football is the is the campus on on you know the stadium on campus or close, very close to it. Um, and UCLA just doesn't have that. They need to. They need to build a stadium on campus. And and yeah, you're right. Save yeah, tell me you have like a thirty-five thousand seater or forty thousand seater on campus. Uh, you know, obviously land is you can't find any there. I'm assuming. Uh, but just in a world where you could theoretically, that could actually be a place that's scary for other people to come play. Like the Rose Bowl right. is so vast 
and well the coliseum's the same way right i mean the yeah. coliseum is a is a cavernous i mean i've been to a game of the coliseum and and like you know like from the opposing side when you the where they seat you they seat you like 40 yards away from zone yeah. an end zone but like 40 yards because of how because of like how big the field is and then the the gentle grade on the I mean, you're not close to the field in any way, shape, or form. Um, I, I don't know. I think UCLA could probably build a fifty-five to sixty thousand person stadium on campus and still be better off than going to play in the Rose Bowl. But yeah, yeah it is what it is, man. Yeah, Te- uh, terrible break for them. Uh, all right, so that brings us to our last game. Washington is playing Utah. Uh, uh, dogs, dogs, dogs for me, man. That we uh, we looked we looked good for the first time since 2016. <laughs> Yeah, there's only one thing, you know, that I would say about this game. Um, it's something I thought of yesterday for the first time, which is I think after your first game, like the most improvement you're ever going to see is in your second game. I don't know that anybody ever said that before, but I'm pretty sure that that's a true thing. Yeah. Um, so you got Utah. They played their first game last week. Yeah. And so the best game that Utah is ever going to play is going to be this game, right? So if you wanted to make a case for Utah, even though they thought they were going to be at home against Arizona State this week and they're going to actually be on the road in Seattle um, against UW, they, you know, they're probably going to be a, a much better approximation of a Division One football team this week than they were last week. I agree with that. I think uh, the counter I would give to that uh, is that uh... – uh, well, that's true. I expect Utah to be better than they were against USC, obviously, by by virtue of you know this being their second game. Uh, the thing that I'm looking at for Washington, though, is that's dangerous for every team that they're going to play from here on out. Uh, they uh, have, uh, for three quarters, tasted uh, pure glory that it gives them confidence that uh, what they have been uh, you know working on perfecting. Uh, is absolutely going to be effective if they execute it. And that confidence flows from the players and the plays that are being called and from the coaches to the players in terms of what plays they call. You know what I mean? Like, it, it flows both ways. Uh, at, at, like, at elite levels where the margins are thin, uh, uh, there's so, so much of it becomes about belief. And I think uh, Washington is in a position to feel excellent about everything that they're doing right now. And I think it's good. And I think that's going to be enough to get them a win by a couple scores comfortably. Yes. And I agree with that. And also Utah's starting quarterback in that first game, Cameron, uh, Cameron rising apparently is now injured and out for the season. Utah in, in its most charitable description, you could say is, is not necessarily a quarterback factory. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, meaning, meaning that whoever won that job, May not have had the hardest competition. Uh, you know, it may not be the best quarterback room that's ever existed. Uh, they struggle at that position mightily and have have for a long time. Um, so now whoever their backup was going into the season is going to be taking all the snaps. That's probably going to be another uh, uh, a limitation, I would say, on their offense. And UW's defense last week looked as though it's the, the, the Pete Kwiatkowski defenses of old. Yeah. I was thinking about that Utah uh, just now as you were saying that there's uh, 
they seem to me to be like a super Cal. Like that's what like this Cal team that's consistently struggled on offense for like the last half decade. Like if you're looking at the best version of what it appears they're able to put together, it's what good Utah is, which is like never going to blow you out offensively, but the defense is going to be so sound that they're just going to make you play ugly games and they're going to win that way. Yeah, they've just had so much trouble at quarterback, man. They had Huntley yeah. last year, and he was good, finally, right, in his senior year. They, I think they got like a, a, a season of what you would call like B-plus quarterback play, um, yeah. and it made such a huge difference. But the year before that, they were they played a dog-shit UW offense in the Pac-12 championship, and wasn't that game like 7-3 to three or 10-3 to three or something? That was a I mean, disgusting was like, game in front of like a – a seven percent full Levi's Stadium. Yeah, uh, and it yeah. was just like it was like if they had had any a reasonable approximation of a quarterback in that game, they win it by two scores. Yeah, um, and they just didn't you. have it. So it's just like, and now they've got the, this guy, you know, who apparently wins the the job coming out of out of you know camp, and now they're on onto his backup, and it's just like they can't. I don't understand how a guy like Kyle Whittingham, who's been at Utah now for like legitimately 20 years, um, how how he can't just be like, you know, task somebody in that organization with finding a decent quarterback. Because there are MAC teams that have better quarterbacks. Like, go get one of those. Like, and be like, hey, do you want to be in the Pac-12? Like, do you want to play Power 5? Okay, like, come play for us because we desperately need a competent yeah. quarterback. And, and, you know? and plenty of years we have just about everything else. Yeah, yeah. Like you'll play with a bunch of defensive linemen who are going like to the league. Yeah. You know, like, like this is like you, you will not recognize, you know, like some of the talent that we have around here is like really pretty good. And they're and they like running back wise, they've always like they've been okay. You know, yeah. Like they've their their line play is good. Like receivers, eh, you know, like they they struggle maybe at that position. But like, you know, again, if you just and maybe that is a reflection on on you know why they. Sh- struggle to get a quarterback who can but it's like god it's like that one component piece if they had it they'd be a, a can't seem to get over that hump yep all right well uh that is for this week's episode of eligible receivers uh for eric i'm warren thanks for listening everybody we will see you next week